1: What is good, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Show special. I am Rob Guerrera of the Off Day Debrief and of the Look Ahead, part of the SP Nation NFL Show. Hope you're doing well. Happy Saturday to you. Got a special edition of the program today. Before we get into what's coming up, just want to remind everybody, if you haven't followed the SP Nation NFL Show yet, please do it now. I promise you, you won't be disappointed thousands of people are coming to the show. We are so grateful in year two. Make sure you become a part of that. You'll get our daily updates five days a week. Everything you need to know happening in the league in about five minutes. Plus, you'll get long form shows. There's something for everybody, no matter what aspect of football you like, no matter what part of the game you want to learn more about. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Okay, coming up on today's show, I know we're one game in, but I had the opportunity to talk with Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk earlier this week before the Buccaneers and Cowboys kicked the season off on Thursday. Wanted to touch on some of the bigger storylines with Mike. He's always got his finger on the pulse of the league. He obviously talks to everybody being an insider. So there's a lot of things he knows, and there's a lot you can learn by talking to him. So I wanted to pick his brain about the top storylines coming into the season and just get his sort of lay of the land on everything. We talked about Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, the Bucks trying to repeat. Of course, we got to mention my 49ers because I couldn't resist talking about that. So Mike and I chatted for about 15 minutes. We're going to let you hear that conversation. Here's Mike Florio with myself. From earlier in the week. Mike Florio, how are you, Mike?
0: Who is this? (laughs) Elaine? (laughs) I'm just sitting here minding my own business. All of a sudden, a Zoom pops up. I have no idea what I'm doing here. Hi, Stats. How are you? I am doing well. There is a
1: ton I want to talk to you about, but first of all, how is everybody? How is Chris Sims, everybody at my old
0: stomping grounds? Everything's good. Chris is still Chris. We have learned that in addition to Chris, being very creative when it comes to making up words that actually aren't words, what we call the Simsisms. He has now stumbled onto a thing where he will use a word and it sounds like it's not a word, and it ends up being a word. So Chris <laughs> Sims, accidental scholar, is the sequel to the Simsism Bible that we've been compiling over the last four years. So he's he's always very entertaining and he's very self-effacing and no ego when it comes to him saying something stupid and <laughs> laughing about it so we always have fun what jersey is that up there that's frank gore i thought you weren't a frank gore guy
1: Are i'm you a, a frank huge gore frank guy? how could anybody not like frank gore I, well nobody does currently he's not on a roster although maybe he should be true all right um let's run through some of the top storylines there's a lot i want to get to plus i want to talk about your book which is coming out in march which i have been telling people buy this freaking book i'm sure the league is pooping their pants because they don't want it to come out
0: no no it's not that bad
1: it's not not that that bad
0: bad. no my wife read it early on and she said when she was done this is going to piss a lot of people off and and i said i have written nothing in here that i haven't already said (laughs) in one place or another it's just all put down in one volume, there is some new information on a variety of the things that have happened over the last 20 years, and some of that may ruffle some feathers. But for the most part, it's just a book where you know I write about the way things work, and I say where they work well, and I say where they don't work well. And some people may have a problem with it, but it's their problem, not mine.
1: And there's some pro football talk summed up in one sentence, pretty much. Um, we're gonna get to that, but let's start with the Bucks. Obviously trying to repeat as Super Bowl champions. There's that old saying, you either get better or you get worse, but you never stay the same. But it seems to me, Mike, all the Bucs are trying to do from last year is stay the same.
0: Well, and by staying the same, they get better because it's more time for Tom Brady to get comfortable with players that he wasn't necessarily comfortable with. Last year, second year with the terminology, second year with the system, they've learned what works, they've learned what doesn't work, they've got everyone back, they had eight key free agents, they're all back. Then they add Giovanni Bernard to address one of their weaknesses, third down running back, they went from LaShawn McCoy to Leonard Fournette back and forth last year. The biggest challenge is going to be offensively keeping everyone happy because there's only one ball. You've got six receivers that are all very capable, three tight ends, three running backs, And that's where Brady becomes very valuable, you know, to the crowd out there that says wins are not a stat for quarterbacks. There is a way that quarterbacks influence the ability of a team to win games. And that is, for example, being the voice that keeps guys from pissing and moaning because they're not getting the football enough because I think I should be getting it. No, I think I should be getting it. Brady comes in, clunks their heads together, and that's the end of the discussion. Well, that is true.
1: Um, my big thing with the Bucs is I feel like the stars kind of aligned last year. They were incredibly healthy, something that usually doesn't repeat year to year. And people forget Brady kind of got bailed out in the NFC title yes. game. Like he threw three picks in the second
0: half last year. Well, and, and it was his, his contact avoidance strategy. He's at the age where he can't take big hits. So he'll either duck and cover. Or chuck and cover, as the case may be. (laughs) And he'll throw the ball up in the air. And he'll throw it up for grabs. And he did that multiple times in that game. And if the Packers had won that game, think about how dramatically different the narrative would be for the Buccaneers going into this year. First of all, they probably would have had a hard time keeping those eight free agents. There would have been a bad taste in mouths and they would have wanted to move on. And hey, we tried it and we're going somewhere else. Not that same happy vibe that culminated in the, the boat parade and tossing the trophy and all those other things. So it, you're right. Look, you, you just want to get yourself in the conversation and then other forces take over as to whether or not you're going to clear the various hurdles necessary to win a championship. It won't be easy to repeat. And uh, the reality though is first time in what, 40 plus years that a Super Bowl team has been this stacked coming back again. In the free agency era, great teams are supposed to be dismantled not reinforced and I feel like they've been reinforced because everyone's back and they address the weakness of third down running back and uh, unless injuries are COVID and they're in one of the worst spots they can be for COVID unless something like that derails them they're going to be there and I don't see a team in the NFC that I look at and say wow they really need to worry about them except maybe the Saints who swept them last year and Washington in a playoff setting if they get there who knows what the Packers are going to be but they have a much easier path than any of the AFC contenders do to the Super Bowl because the AFC contenders are all, I think, very, very good. There are six or seven teams that could make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC.
1: Yeah, the AFC is a meat grinder, but I want to stick uh, with the NFC, with the Packers, the other side of that championship game. I can't envision a scenario where the Packers have a season and Aaron Rodgers stays. I feel like he has one foot out the door. Even if they win a Super Bowl, I don't know if he stays. Am I
0: wrong on that? Hard for him to leave if they win a Super Bowl. Hard for him to walk away. Remember, he has threaded this needle by saying, I love the fans, I love the teammates, I love the coaches, I would just like to punch the lights out of Brian (laughs) Kudekunst and, to a certain extent, Mark Murphy, who I think is the puppet master Who's really made this thing into the dysfunctional mess that it is deliberately trying to goad Aaron Rodgers into not becoming complacent late in his career and playing better than ever. And it's worked the last two seasons, the report of dysfunction from Tyler Dunn in 2019. They go 13 and three last year, the Jordan Love draft pick they go 13 and three this year. Maybe they go 13 and 4 or 14 and three and win the Super Bowl. But I think if they win the Super Bowl, it's gonna be hard for him to leave. I really do. Because it will be a great positive vibe, the best possible note on which you can end the season. Even if next year isn't going to be close to as good as this year, I think it becomes very difficult to walk away. All right. Unless he's if- retired. Unless he retire. Difficult to walk away to another team. Retirement, different issue altogether. Is Jeopardy still open at that point? I'm not sure. Well, it's open right now. And who knows? They get through football season with guest hosts and if they really are interested in him and who knows you know you never know what the truth really is or something like that but he's been very candid he would like to have that job if he could get it
1: let's go to seattle now same kind of thing with russell wilson now if they win the super bowl i think it's it's a little different i think aaron just really wants out of green bay i don't does russell still want out of seattle he tried to make it seem like we were all crazy for thinking he was going to leave
0: where do things stand there yeah he he, he's the one That started it all, (laughs) and and he's an expert at compartmentalizing because he knows, setting all of the things aside, this is his 10th attempt to win a Super Bowl, and he's one for nine so far. So once he realized he wasn't getting out, and he tried. He goes on Dan Patrick's show, and he makes it clear that he's not happy, and then when has an agent for any player ever come out and said, well, my client doesn't want to be traded, but here are the four teams. <laughs> right. And he would gladly accept a trade. So he, he wanted out. He tried. It didn't happen. So love the one you're with because he wants to try to win a Super Bowl. And if it works with Shane Waldron, if the key is. They may come out of the gates hot like last year, but the defense has caught up with them last year. What will they do to stay ahead of the defenses? How will they scout themselves to prevent defenses from cracking the code on what they're doing and seeing them diminish like they did last year when defenses were figuring that, because they were too predictable. They're trying to be unpredictable, come out in the same formation. Sometimes it's the run, sometimes it's the pass, but you can't tell from the formation movement shifts, all those things that confuse defenses and keep them on their heels. That's going to be the challenge and they need to do it all year long. And if they, I think if they get to the conference championship game or beyond then it guarantees he'll be back for another year. The question after 2022 becomes, are they going to give him 45 to 50 million a year for his next contract? Because he's going to want it. Uh, Stay in the NFC West, because we got to get to my
1: 49ers now. I can't talk to you and not talk about my 49ers. I hate, hate, hate this whole shuffle the quarterbacks in and out. Let's use two. We're going to trick everybody. This is dumb, Mike. This is dumb. What does Jimmy Garoppolo offer you that you're so unwilling to pull him out of the game for? Everything they did in the offseason, everything. They flirted with every possible quarterback who was out there. They have said, Jimmy's not good enough. So why not just give the keys to Trey Lance when he's fully healthy 100% of the time?
0: Remember when Andy Bernard lost his mind and punched a hole in the drywall (laughs) and Pam said to Jim after the fact, I think we broke his brain. I think that the 49ers' brains were broken by seeing Patrick Mahomes, the guy that they never took a serious look at in the 2017 draft. They could have had him. We talk about the Bears all the time. 49ers could have had him. Yep. And and Tom Brady, the guy they said thank you, no thank you to last year when he wanted to come home, wanted to play for the 49ers. Is now nah, we'll stick with Jimmy G. I think that created this kind of bizarre unhinged we got to do something we got to do something let's get Matthew Stafford oh crap we didn't get him let's get Aaron Rodgers oh crap we can't get him let's make these big moves so we're guaranteed to get a great quarterback and I really do believe that Kyle wanted Mac Jones at first and I don't know who the Kyle Shanahan whisperer is in the front office who talked him out of Kyle of of Kirk Cousins and had him accept Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017 because they were waiting for cousins oh, clearly free agency in 2018 and whoever talked him out of Mac Jones and nudged him toward Trey Lance. But I, I feel like that Kyle is in this mode of his career where he's gone from being very meticulous and detailed and deliberate and strategic about everything, to kind of acting on impulse. I feel like that's his, his guiding light this season. He'll know when it's time to use Trey Lance. He'll know when it's time to put Jimmy G back in. He'll know when it's time to bench, Jimmy Garoppolo for Trey Lance. And I, I, I just think that it can't be the way Kyle Shanahan wants to do business. It's really weird because I know that it's time to bench Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: We have seen that movie. That
0: but I don't I think it's, I don't think Lance is ready. I think that, and this is a point that Sims made in the preseason game where Garoppolo threw the interception early yep. and then Trey came in and played like crap, that <laughs> Kyle was, was frustrated because that was supposed to be the moment that Lance showed he was ready to take over the team. And then who knows what would have happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. I still thought that there was a chance he'd be traded or cut 24.1 million salary. I I still think, look, his salary isn't locked in. And as a practical matter, guaranteed until Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I believe there's still a chance they go to him and say, hey, Jimmy, we got this other guy. We can't pay a 24 one. We'll give you 15 and you can make back the rest. And it, it wouldn't be a surprise to me if they try that and if he accepts it, because at this point, is anybody else going to pay him what the 49ers would offer on a reduced contract.
1: And I've been defending you on Twitter. Cause every time you say that people get mad at you and it's like, what other quarterback is a $24 million backup? It just doesn't happen. Yeah.
0: And it's just a matter of time before he becomes the backup. And Lance is going to have an opportunity at some point to do something that Kyle wants him to do and believes he can do. And when he does it, then that's when Jimmy G's sitting on the bench. And then, yeah, you got a $24.1 million backup. And I know Jed York has said, well, it's part of the investment in Trey Lance. Well, it's a bad investment. (laughs) You have a chance between now and Saturday to escape paying this guy 24.1. And even if it is cut it to 15, why would you not do it? It's $9 million you can save and you give him a chance to earn it back through playing time, through performance, whatever but I don't know why you wouldn't try to do it. You've already paid him a ton of money. It's not like you feel like, well, we, we need to go you know, about this the right way. You've already paid the guy a ton of money and you haven't nearly gotten the performance that you should have. He should not be upset if they go to him with that kind of a business proposition.
1: Well, I want to thank you for your time, Mike. I really appreciate it. Uh, now that I've seen that you've written a book though, I have to ask you, because you know, when you write a book and you talk about it on a show, why should people by Playmakers huh. that comes out on March 15th?
0: That's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. Rob Gronkowski, 2016. That, that's still the all-time great moment. Gronk? This is it, Gronk? I still remember it, because we were on hiatus. Yep. And I said, I got to come back. Gronk's doing his book tour. Gronk, here's the point <laughs> in the interview. We get a chance to tell everybody why they should buy your book. Why should they buy a book? Gee, that's a great question. I don't know, which is completely on brand for uh, Gronk. Here's why you should buy Playmakers. It is a 20 year history lesson of everything that's happened in the NFL of significance, how the league works, how it doesn't piece together in 10 different sections that go chronological with the big incidents, the big stories, the big things that hit the radar screen from which lessons can be drawn. It's not in your face with here's what the moral of the story is. You glean it from reading it. You learn it from reading it. And at the end of the day, it, it moves quickly quickly. The chapters are all fairly short. There's over 100 of them, but it takes you through wow. everything that's happened. Everything that's happened. It was a great trip down memory lane. And the publisher challenged me to get new information where I could for some of these old stories. And I got some stuff that's going to be interesting that'll that'll make a few waves when when the book comes out, hopefully. If I know one tenth of 1% of what you have
1: learned just from working with you in the past. And if it's anything like that, you are definitely going to want to buy this book. I promise you, Mike Florio from pro football talk. Oh, Mike,
0: have you drafted your fantasy team yet this year? Don't, don't do it to me. Don't, don't do it to me again. <laughs> I'm never, ever, ever talking about fantasy football ever again. I've been permanently scarred by the guys at pardon my take. Well, thanks for the time, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. See you stats
1: thanks again very much to Mike Florio for his time. Haven't had a chance to catch up with him too much since my time with NBC and pro football talk ended last May. So it was always good to chat again. And I thought there's a lot to learn there. The Russell Wilson stuff I thought was really, really interesting. The idea now that the Seahawks have to decide whether or not they are going to Pay him after this season is something that probably was unthinkable a year ago, but that's how fast things change in the league. Want to remind everybody again, please rate, review, and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. If you have a question, I promise you, we will read it. We will answer it on the air. We're legally obligated to do it. I don't know if you actually know that, but drop it in there. I promise you, we'll be happy to answer it. Enjoy the games tomorrow, everybody. There is a ton to look forward to, and we are just getting started started.